0: Today's scripture reading will be from Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verses 9 through 12. That is, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verses 9 through 12. It reads, What profit has the worker from that in which he labors? I have seen the God-given task with which the sons of men are to be occupied. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. I know that nothing is better for them than to rejoice and to do good in their lives. Good morning again, and again, uh, welcome to our visitors. We're going to be uh, studying uh, through some uh, parables of the uh, of Jesus. In Matthew, and as well as in um, uh, John, uh, later on today, here uh, in the lesson. I want to say uh, uh, that I would like to begin this lesson saying that uh, a thank you uh, to our elders uh, for providing. Uh, and giving an uh, opportunity for me to bring a lesson from God's Word to you. This is indeed a privilege uh, that I do not take lightly uh, for a number of reasons. And one being that to bring forth a lesson from the oracles of God, which implies a proper representation, usage and application of God's Word. That if I bring forth a lesson that contains admonitions or corrections, that the lesson also brings forth uh, encouragement on what is right and letting God's Word be the measuring tool for what is right and true. And that also to bring forth a lesson that is thought-provoking, that is content worth meditation, uh, to deeper deepen your uh, understanding of God's Word and to develop a greater determination to follow his word. And if there's anything that I bring forth in a lesson that is inaccurate or false, you would be my friend if you uh, bring that to my attention afterwards. That would be greatly appreciated. As we come to the close of uh, this year, by necessity, uh, we come into a new year. And at the end of a year, uh, there's a hope for a good new better year Uh, we reflect upon the year that is coming to a close the activities the events and deeds we individually and or collectively in our own family units or collectively as a congregation uh, of our lord's people we consider we give thought to what we have done If you take time out to think about what has happened in your own life, you start to evaluate good times and bad times you've experienced, the fun things that you've done and not so fun things that uh, uh, you've done or had to endure. To evaluate serious things in in life that causes us to grieve for the passing of Dear One and the... uh, ensuing emptiness that comes from a dear, dear one that uh, is no longer with us in this life. And with that then, uh, to traverse pain and suffering due to accidents or health conditions, to realize the temporal nature and existence of life and death on this earth. And, Also to evaluate the joys and blessings uh, uh, you've been blessed with, uh, new lives brought into your family, whether that be a new baby, a new friend, maybe even a potential spouse, uh, a new girlfriend or boyfriend, depending on like Dylan for his girlfriend or, you know, uh, that sort of thing. Or perhaps a new job and a new uh, work associates and or a new place to live. Perhaps evaluating and taking a serious look at your spiritual life uh, with gratefulness and thanksgiving. Whether through someone making the effort to talk with you in words of admonition and uh, that you chose to listen to with words of sound advice, with words of emotional, physical spiritual comfort and encouragement so you evaluate and reflect upon your life in the past year so as a new year begins tomorrow yes it begins tomorrow the world talks about new year's resolutions and where would a lesson go without talking about something like that we hear on the radio we hear it on the uh, the tv we read it in the uh, news apps and blogs. Uh, there's always suggestions for a, a, a top 10 list or top five list or top, top three list of New Year's resolutions that we should have and, and uh, make part of our lives. The world has a focus on the material, terrestrial, temporal, earthly happiness. Goals for things that will not endure into eternity things that will not give true happiness or fulfillment. The world's concepts of New Year's resolutions leave the spiritual person empty. And why is this? Solomon writes, as uh, Caleb just read for us, uh, the observations of God's creation of man. And let's reread that. As... um, Ecclesiastes 3 verses 9 through 12 from the English Standard Version. What gain has a worker from his toil? I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has uh, made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. And so when we see this, Solomon says that God created mankind with a yearning for eternity in man's heart. But that on man's own, though searching from the beginning to the end, he cannot find God on his own he needs God's word. If we believe that Solomon existed, was the king, was the son of King David, who later followed his father to become king of God's people in the Old Testament, who was blessed uh, to be the wisest person on earth at that time. There must be a belief that there is both a life on this earth that is finite in time and a life in eternity that is infinite in time. Therefore, Solomon concludes uh, his writing with the passage in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 9 through 14. And moreover, uh, because the preacher was wise, that is Solomon, he still taught the uh, people knowledge. Yes, he pondered and sought out. and set in order many proverbs. The preacher sought to find acceptable words, and what was written was upright, words of truth. The words of the wise are like goads, and the words of the scholars are like well-driven nails, given by one shepherd, being Christ. And further, my son, be admonished by these of making many books, there is no end, and much study is worrisome to the flesh. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, and keep his commandments. For this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. So when we uh, one thinks about making New Year's resolutions, with wisdom that person reflects on things that have happened in his his or her life over the past year with wisdom that person will meditate and consider those events will be thankful for life and make every effort uh, to be positive example uh, that he or she can be to everyone around them will attempt to learn from mistakes made and set out incremental steps of how to do better and not make the same mistakes again. And we'll seek to follow and keep God's commandments. And that brings us into the next part of our, our, our lesson. <clears throat> what is a gift? I would like to, to ask uh, all of us. A question now. If you were given something, what is that called? I know it's kind of rhetorical. It's a gift. Uh, We could play the children's guessing game of replying, is it animal, vegetable, or mineral? That is asking, was it uh, something that has a life force with a beating heart and a brain Uh, uh, as an animal? Is it plant-based? That is vegetable, or is it something found in the ground, mineral? But asking a child's question does not answer the question of what is given. uh, What uh, the given thing is called? We could ask a question uh, to the asking person: Does this bring? uh, Does this thing being given have financial? material or uh, nutritional or life-sustaining value. But this question still does not answer the question of what is the thing being given? We could further ask uh, in a uh, skeptical or cynical question, uh, does this thing being given have strings attached to it? Stipulations or covenants, things uh, like a trust or an estate or an inheritance, things uh, such that uh, you cannot receive it until the trustee dies or requirements to be uh, maintained until the trustor reaches a given age. Again, these questions do not answer the question of what this given thing is called. By nature, the these additional questions ask for clarification about what the thing is that's being given. The thing being given is called a gift. There's several definitions that fit the meaning of something given. And to differentiate from a natural ability, an inclination, aptitude, or talent someone has, such as musical mathematical memorization, or the the like of talents or abilities. What we're talking about is meaning of gift as something bestowed voluntarily without uh, expectation of payment or compensation, that may or may not have conditions, and that's important to note this, that may or may not have conditions or stipulations to uh, maintain possession of the gift. Another question might be uh, be asked, what is the value or worth of this gift? An answer to the value or worth of the gift can be uh, replied in multiple ways. The value or worth as assigned the gift from the person or entity providing the gift, that could be a monetary value, like a piece of land, a property, a vehicle, a stock certificate, or some other quantifiable item or it might have an intrinsic value that is a non-monetary value such as an heirloom a keepsake being handed down in a family often an intrinsic value has a sentimental or emotional value attached to the item being uh, provided as a gift another possible answer is the value or worth of it uh, as a sign the gift from the recipient of the provided gift. The recipient may place a value or worth in line with that what the provider thinks it is worth, it may be higher uh, than that what the provider thinks it is worth, that is, it has an enriched value, or it may have a lower value than the provider thinks it is worth. That is, it's devalued. Or worse yet, there's no regard at all for the value of the gift. And the next thing that to cover here then is the recognition, recognition or placement of a value of the provided gift by the receiver of the gift can further be stated as the more value placed on the gift by the recipient causes greater worth or endearment of the gift. The magnitude of the gift becomes greater to the recipient. And then we think about the appreciation of the gift. And with the greater worth, uh, endearment and or recognition, of the magnitude of the gift by the recipient, the greater the the appreciation there is towards the gift. And that then brings us to the acceptance of the gift. By necessity, the gift has to be accepted by the recipient. The recipient does not have to receive the gift. It could be rejected such that the person or entity giving the gift retains the gift There can be multiple reasons for rejecting a gift. Perhaps the intended recipient does not understand the value of the item or thing being given. Perhaps they don't respect either the person or the entity that is giving the gift. Perhaps the intended recipient does not wish to be obligated to fulfill any subject, subsequent requirements or conditions as stipulated by the person or entity being, uh, offering the gift. And then related to the first is that uh, the intended recipient chooses to decline the gift because someone else states uh, different conditions or no conditions for accepting that gift that the provider never intended as additional or removal of conditions, requirements for accepting the gift. If there are no conditions or requirements associated with the gift provided, logically the recipient jeopardizes losing the gift. And then there's the possessing of the gift. So now let uh, talk about what happens after the recipient recipient of the gift does in fact Place value on the gift, recognizing the magnitude of the gift by the provider, and thereby uh, uh, appreciating the, val- uh, the the gift, and then accepting the gift with stated requirements or conditions to maintain the receipt of the gift. Because the greater appreciation for the gift by the recipient, the greater the motivation to keep from jeopardizing. The loss or forfeiture of the gift, and conversely, the less understanding of the value and magnitude of the gift, the less motivation there is to continue following the conditions or requirements to keep the gift in his possession. And this is where then I'd like us to consider some of the parables. Let us consider the parable of the lost sheep in Luke. Uh, Chapter fifteen, verses one through seven, and we'll we'll cover a, a, a few parables here. Talk about them in relation to these different things about uh, the the gift, what the gift is, what the um, the magnitude of the gift, whether or not to accept it or reject it, and and what happens if one rejects the gift, and then reflection upon all of that. And so the first one that we have here is uh, uh, considering the lost sheep in uh, Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 7. And uh, Luke here writes, then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him, that being Jesus. And the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost, until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And... When he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over the one sinner who repents than the 99 just persons who need no repentance. What do we think about the, then the gift here of being? The kingdom of heaven and salvation, that those that repent and turn away are found again. And the the acceptance of the gift were part of the one, they were part of the 100 sheep, and the magnitude of the gift and appreciation that the uh, one straight away was returned and found and repents. Rejection of the gift is that uh, is, uh, that is not found and does not repent. And so, with that, then, let's go ahead and continue on with the parable of the dragnet in Matthew 13, verses 47 through 50. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea and gathered uh, some of every kind, which when it was full, they drew to shore. And they sat down and gathered the goods into vessels, but threw the bad away. So it will be uh, at the end of the age, the angels will come forth, separate the wicked from among the just. And cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. And in this particular case, the gift is again is the kingdom of heaven. And it's talking about the judgment day. In this, this uh, the both the uh, um, the good fish and the bad fish. The bad fish being. Uh, 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 cast away, separated uh, from the just, and and cast into the fire. That there's uh, eternal life, or eternal destruction, and the appreciation and the acceptance of the gift is that this dragnet, or net, that's cast into the sea... Uh, and the good fish are placed into vessels. The separation from the from the uh, wicked and, and the just. Rejection of the gift is that the uh, uh, the bad are thrown away and cast into the uh, furnace of fire. And one more uh, parable to look at is that the. Uh, the consideration of the parable of the sower. Because of the longer uh, passage here, I'm just uh, including the the passage uh, for you to, to read along with me. And that's in Matthew chapter 13, verses 3 through 9, where uh, Jesus speaks of, of the parable of the sower. And then in verses, 9, uh, verses 17 through 20, 23, Jesus explains the sower, the parable of the sower. Again, uh, again, Matthew thirteen verses three through nine and then seventeen through twenty three. Then, then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed some fell some seed fell on the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on uh, stony places where they did not have much earth and they immediately sprang up and because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched and because they had no root, they withered away. Some fell uh, among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them, but others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has an ear, let him hear. Continuing on, verse, uh, verse 18. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, and does not understand it, then the wicked one, that is Satan, comes and snatches away that uh, what was sown in his heart. This is he, uh, this is he not understand it, then this is he who received seed uh, by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a, a little while. For uh, when tribulations or persecution arises because of the word, in, uh, immediately he stumbles. Now he who received good seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and becomes unfruitful. But he who receives seed in the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. And here in this part, the gift is the word, the gospel message. And the appreciation and acceptance is that those that receive the seed on good ground hear the word, they understand it, and indeed bears fruit and produces uh, good fruits. Whereas rejection of the gift. Uh, from the wayside, does not understand the gospel, and Satan snatches it away the message from his heart. The stony places are um, the one who hears or receives the gospel with joy, but has no roots, and does not endure hardships or tribulation, persecution, and uh, is scorched and withered away and uh, the thorny ground is that uh, those that receive the word then hears it cares and deceitfulness of riches becomes unfruitful and thorns spring up and choke them now I'd like to go ahead and start getting into some application of how we can get uh, take this gift of salvation that Uh, that requires obedience from Jesus. In John chapter 12, verses 41 through uh, 50, Jesus says, Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the, the praise of God. Then Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And he who sees me, sees him who sent me. I have come as a light into the world, and whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. And if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him, for I do not did not come to judge the world but to save the world he who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him the word that i have spoken will judge him in the last day for i have not spoken my own uh, on my own authority but the father who sent me gave me a command that i should say and what I should speak and I know that his command is everlasting life therefore who whatever I speak just as the father has told me so I speak and then also in uh, John chapter 14 verses 1 through 6 the way the truth and the life let not your heart be troubled you believe in God believe also in me in my father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you will uh, may be also. And where I go, you know the way. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going and how... Can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then we also consider the the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 23, verses 16 through 20. When the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, and the mountains which Jesus had appointed uh, them, Then they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And here... When we think about this, then, is the, uh, the value or worth of the gift, the gift of eternal life in heaven. You hear the gospel message with a pure and open heart. Your heart is the good ground that bears fruit, is not choked out by the thorns, is not scorched by the tribulations of life, does not allow Satan to snatch the word out of your heart, but uh, protects your heart. John fourteen, or sorry, John twelve, verse forty nine and fifty. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command that I should say and what I should speak. And I know that my uh, that His command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. When we think about then the the magnitude of of the gift, that Jesus gave us only life, that God had Jesus give us life on the cross as that gift. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And that no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. That is a pretty magnificent gift. We consider uh, in the book of Hebrews about uh, the, the things that make Jesus better. That the uh, his gift is better than, his sacrifice is better than, that of the uh, blood of bulls and goats from the old law, and when we when we think about that, and, and Jesus giving of Himself on the cross, that gives us great emotion for that gift. And then there's the appreciation of the gift, the, endear, the endearment uh, that Jesus gave. His blood as sacrifice for your sin. Sin separates you from from God the Father. Jesus' blood is the only sacrifice that unites you with the Father and Jesus. Jesus says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. What about the acceptance of the gift? Obedience to Christ Jesus through baptism for the remission of sin. And that is becoming a disciple of Christ, being baptized into the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, as we read in uh, Matthew uh, 28. But what about the rejection of the gift? That it separates us from God. In John chapter 12, verses 44 through 48, it says, He who believes in me... Believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And he who sees me, sees him who sent me. I have come as a light into the world, That whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. And if anyone hears my words, and does not believe, I do not judge him. For I did not come to the world uh, to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my words as that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in that last day. And then also from over in Matthew 13, verses uh, 49 and 50. So it will be at the, the end of the age. The angels will come forth, separate the wicked from... The, among the just, and cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. And so, when we think about rejecting this gift that uh, God has given, of salvation and, um, and a heavenly home, it's like, why do people reject the gift but they have the gift. The gift is out there as, as a free gift. And you, if you choose to accept the gift, there are some conditions you have to obey. There are uh, things involved with that uh, for, for salvation. <clears throat> Living with a gift in your possession that is motivated not to jeopardize salvation. Uh, uh, and uh, that you live faithfully in service. In John chapter 12 verses um, 49 and 50, where I have not spoken of my own authority but the Father who sent me and uh, gave me the command what I should say and what I should speak and I know that his command is is everlasting life. Therefore, Whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. In Matthew 13, verse 23, But he who received seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, and indeed bears fruit and uh, produces, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. And so I'd like to just recap a little bit about... uh, uh, all of this, and when one thinks about New Year's resolutions, with wisdom, that person reflects on the things that they've uh, that, that have happened in his or her own life over the past year. With wisdom, that person will meditate on. Um, And consider those events. Will be thankful for life and make every effort uh, to be the positive example that he or she can be to everyone around them. And will attempt to learn from their mistakes and make uh, set out incremental steps of how to do better and not to make the same mistakes. And will seek to follow and keep uh, God's commandments. And so I'd like to just, uh, for us to consider this last question. What will you do with the gift of heaven and with Jesus' salvation? The gospel invitation is indeed open for for everyone who has heard the, the saving message of Jesus Christ, believes in him and his message and repents and turns away from his or her sins, confesses that Jesus is Lord and Savior, and is baptized for the remission of sins. Perhaps you are like one of the uh, one sheep of the one hundred who has uh, followed the shepherd Jesus Christ, but strayed. You can be like that uh, that one that was lost and that is now found by returning to the Lord. Maybe it's that you. Are in the throes of some tribulation, and that you need prayers um, because of uh, uh, you need help with your spiritual journey, whatever, uh, and that you don't want to be in jeopardy uh, of your soul. Whatever your need, won't you come forward as we stand and sing?